week 33 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm Chris Hahn. Thank you so much for listening and keep telling your friends we're growing every single week. There is so much to talk about, so much to be thankful for this podcast coming out two days before Thanksgiving. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the ballot, not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. I got to tell you. It never gets old being able to talk to you. I I look forward to this, both when I do it on my radio show and when I do these little openings and closings and other rants on my podcast, and I really do appreciate the feedback. Keep it coming. Go to ChristopherHahn.com or at ChristopherHahn on Twitter. Uh, if you got something to say to me, uh, say it to me. Maybe I'll read it here on the show if you want me to. Um, don't, don't be shy about asking for that. Um... I'm thankful for you. Uh, I know it's Thanksgiving week, and I don't want to spend the entire show talking about why I'm thankful, but I am thankful for my audience. I'm thankful for the opportunities that you continue to give me to speak to you and to speak to America and to the world, and I've really enjoyed this opportunity the last couple of years has afforded me, and uh, even this podcast, you know, this is week 33 of it. Uh, I never thought I'd make it past, you know, five weeks doing it. Um it's it's enjoyable. It's it's really cathartic. I, I highly recommend it if you've got an opinion that you want to share with the world, even if you don't think anybody's going to listen to it. Um, you know, pick up a mic and start talking. It's a uh, it's an interesting thing, and it makes you feel good, and it gives you something to share to the world. But let's let's talk about last week and what's going on right now in the world. And uh, First of all, I, you know, this whole situation with the secretary of the Navy resigning or being fired, I guess, by the defense secretary and the president for not being able to handle an order. Look, I don't understand why the president feels that he needs to get involved. Well, I, I completely understand why the president feels he needs to get involved with one particular Navy SEAL's quest. This man was court-martialed. He was court-martialed for violating uh, the rules of the Navy. And that doesn't mean he wasn't a great Navy SEAL, but Navy SEALs are not supposed to pose um, with the dead bodies of a fallen Afghani teenager. It's not something they do. In fact, his fellow SEALs turned him in, and he was going to be adjudged whether or not he should keep his trident by other Navy SEALs. The president gets involved because it's red meat for his base, period, end of story. 
Now, I respect the fact that the president of the United States has the ability to make this decision. This is his decision as commander in chief. I do not respect the decision that he made. I think it puts our entire military justice and order system at risk. I think that the president should work with a chain of command for the outcomes that he wants in the military, not just freelance, especially in a case like this. This is just, you know, look, he pardoned this Navy SEAL and a few others. It sends the wrong message to both the Navy and to the rest of the military and to the rest of the world that uh, the order that we so crave in our military can be overturned by the stroke of a pen for political purposes. And let's be clear. There was not an injustice being done here. This man was receiving a trial. It was a fair trial. It was a trial by the Navy. He was not in any... I don't. I actually think he was acquitted of the bigger crime. And he was going to be demoted and perhaps lose his trident, which is the symbol of the Navy SEALs. He was going through a process. The process was playing out. There was no injustice here. And the president decides to use his pardon power. I mean, it's sending a message that the president is just willing to use his pardon power for whatever reason he deems fit or whatever, you know, whatever right-wing media star decides to lobby him to get this. And I hope these right-wing media stars are registering as lobbyists. They probably aren't. Uh, it is a it is a travesty, if you ask me. And I, I respect the Secretary of Navy, who the president himself appointed, right? The Secretary of the Navy is a political appointee. It is not somebody who uh, worked their way up through the ranks. It's somebody that the president picks for that job. And this is the guy the president picked. And he would not respect that order. So I... um. I appreciate that. I, I, you know, he, it's not that he didn't respect the order. He, he felt uncomfortable carrying out that order. Rather than carrying out the order, he resigned. And I think that's what you should do in those situations. I wish more people would do that. And I am shocked and dismayed every single day in the Trump administration that more people do not resign en masse. I, I would expect it by now, you know, half the cabinet to resign over some of the things this guy's done. It, it doesn't seem to be happening. But let's turn our attention back to impeachment in the Ukraine scandal, more developments every day. Um, Lev Parnas was arranging travel and meetings for Devin Nunez. Devin Nunez refuses to deny those claims. He was asked by uh, Maria Bartiroma on Monday morning, and she asked him point blank, and he did not say no. He said, this will all be discussed. We've got lawyers. It's a criminal proceeding. Yeah, it's a criminal proceeding. You're a criminal. And frankly, the House of Representatives would be smart to launch yet another, yet another review, ethics review of Devin Nunez. It only takes one Republican on the ethics committee to vote with the Democrats to have that happen. And the, the ethics committee is bipartisan. There are equal number of Democrats and Republicans on that committee. Just like it was in... Um, uh, 20, I believe 16 or 20, excuse me, 2017 when they had an ethics investigation of Devin Nunez. Remember his midnight ride to DC to the White House to give information to the president about what was going on in the skiff? Remember the skiff that they hate, that what he kept calling a basement in the Capitol, which was being used by Republicans so that there wouldn't be open hearings about Trump during the Russia scandal 
They had him in the basement of the Capitol. And Devin Nunez decided to take some evidence and bring it to the White House and change cabs in between like he's in some sort of Bond movie. This is the guy. This is the best the Republicans have for the Intel Committee. He's the ranking member of the Intel Committee, and he's a joke. He's a partisan joke. So let's be clear. There's more to come there, too. I want Lev Parnas. Look, I don't know if the hearings are closed. There's all this talk that there won't be any more public hearings. I want Lev Parnas to testify. I want John Bolton to testify. I want Mick Mulvaney to be compelled to testify. I want to hear from more people. I want to know what's going on. And I want more opportunities to dispel these ridiculous Russian-made theories that the president and his allies in Congress are spouting. Fiona Hill last week pleaded with members of the Intel Committee and, of course, the greater world at large to stop using the Russian trope that the Ukrainians were the ones who interfered with the 2016 election. And what does the president do? He goes on Fox and Friends the next day. And then over the weekend, you have uh, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana repeating the same trope. That it was the UK. We don't know who it was. Well, the intelligence community makes it very clear. But, you know, Senator Kennedy, Mr. President, let me spell this out for you. Let me see if I understand what you're trying to say. So the Ukrainians who were invaded by the Russians and were fighting a hot war with the Russians on their soil in 2016 took it upon themselves to intervene in the United States election on behalf of Donald Trump, who was more favorable to Putin than any, look, any president ever has been favorable towards a Russian leader, ever. I mean, ever, even when there was a czar. I mean, even when we bought Alaska from the Russians, we weren't as favorable to the Russians as Trump is to Putin. So let me get this straight. Do you, you, Senator Kennedy thinks and President Trump thinks that the Ukrainians would know all this, know that Trump has called Putin a great leader, has said other favorable things to Russia, said, Russia, if you're listening, investigate my opponent. So with all that going on, the Ukrainians decided to intervene on Trump's behalf to elect Trump. Um, that's ridiculous. It's as ridiculous as the crowd strike theory that Devin Nunez and others were trying to propagate during the hearings. Let me, uh, if you don't know this, let me explain this to you. CrowdStrike is not a Ukrainian company. CrowdStrike is an American company based in California that does internet, uh, that, that does cybersecurity for fortune 500 firms across the country. And around the world, quite frankly, they were founded by a Russian immigrant who is an American citizen. You know who else uses CrowdStrike? You know, the DNC used CrowdStrike after they were attacked. You know who uses it now, right now? The the Republican National Committee. They have a contract with CrowdStrike. Yet these imbeciles on this committee continue to use this right-wing, I don't know, 8chan conspiracy theory about CrowdStrike that is bonkers. 
absolutely bonkers. I don't understand how anybody pays. I don't understand how anybody takes these people seriously. I mean, I, I don't get it. They're just jokes. I mean, this Senator Kennedy guy was a Democrat. You know that? He was a Democrat. He supported John Kerry for president. Wasn't even that long ago. And now he's just this fool for Trump. Like Rick Perry's on Fox and Friends saying that Trump's the chosen one. Uh, I mean, chosen by God. Yeah, chosen by God. I, I mean, God chose Donald Trump. Three times married, five kids from three different women, uh, paying off porn stars. I, uh, I, these people are jokes. They're absolute jokes. And Rick Perry's got some explaining to do. You know, a guy who is going to the Ukraine and making sure that his people get some work while he's there uh, shouldn't be talking about what God wants. Guy that corrupt. Just a lot of nonsense. Just a lot of craziness. Just, to me, beyond, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's beyond recognition of any viable reality that there are so many Americans that take these people seriously. I, I mean, Senator Kennedy knows better. He knows better than to go on Fox, and not it was Fox News Sunday. He knows better than what he's saying. He's absolutely clear about who interfered in the election. He knows. He respects the intelligence community. He's towing the line for Donald Trump. That's it. That's the only reason he's doing it. There's no other reason to do it. There's no other reason for him to go out there and say what he said. It's crazy. It's insanity. And I got people saying, well, you know... The Democrats, they they may have made the legal case that Donald Trump tried to bribe Ukraine, but did he make the political case? I get it. He might not have made the political case. I totally get that. But don't you think that senators and members of Congress should be okay with the legal case? Don't you think that should be enough? That he made a legal case. Well, impeachment's a political process. You've got to make the political case. I don't know. We're in a backwards, bonkers society. And I don't understand. The only reason he didn't make the political case yet, and quite frankly, I think Lev Parnas and John Bolton helped make that case, is that people get their political news from places that they agree with. That's it. I don't have a lot of Republicans listening to my my podcast right now, I'm sure. I don't have a lot of conservatives tuning in to see what I think. I mean, some of them say they click off when they see me on Fox, which I, you know, I reply, you you guys are little snowflakes. You don't want to hear uh, anybody else's opinion. You got to run and hide behind your mommy. Please, mommy, don't let them tell me the truth. It's bonkers. We live in a bonkers world, a bonkers backwards world. Oh, well, I got Janet Johnson with me again to talk about what's been going on. Um, I am blown away. And I'm going to talk about uh, Thanksgiving coming up and what we should all do uh, around that Thanksgiving table. So stick around. I'll be right back. 
Hey America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. One of my favorite guests who at the very last minute was available as somebody canceled on me. I won't say who because I like this person and she was having a serious medical condition and she's like, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Janet Johnson can do it because Janet Johnson is always prepared to talk about politics. And by the way, for the first time in my life, I saw Janet Johnson on CNN on uh, Saturday morning because I was home alone with my puppy and I was up early and I saw you live, Janet. How you doing? I'm well. I can't believe that was the first time. I've seen and, you on CNN, but I've only well, seen... Well, we've been on together, right? We've been Well, we weren't on CNN together. We were on like yeah. some weird channel together. That's how Newsmax. we met. We Newsmax. Newsmax. We were on Newsmax <laughs> together like a long time ago. I think they thought that you were conservative. <laughs> oh, were they wrong? Because they knew me. I mean, I've been doing Newsmax for a long time. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is this woman agreeing with me on Newsmax? I was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was like before own, right? O A N N. That was before own. O A N N. Own used to own used to call me up. Can you just Skype right now? And I'm like, I can, but I'm driving and I can't stop. And they're like, Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I would do own <laughs> while I was driving somewhere. I'd like hook my phone up to my visor in my car and I would keep driving while I was doing own <laughs> and do they even have a liberal at all it doesn't exist it's own right? own would have put me on every day at every minute and Good. uh and all the they time better for it they asked me every day to come on but it just became what happened was they they've increased their budget and they got a studio and they didn't want to pay the transmission fees for the studios i use they want me to come into a manhattan studio and they stopped wanting to use skype interviews because they wanted a better quality right. picture which i i respect i mean you know uh but uh cnn does skype and you looked fine i'm skype i, yeah. I have a I have a very good Skype. But, you know, you're like Kate Moss. Like, you don't get out of bed for less than $10,000. Yeah, you know me. I mean, I'm, you know, I I don't get out of bed for less than a million viewers. Right, 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 exactly. (laughs) But, you know, like RT, have they ever, I I went through a period where they kept contacting me, and then I thought, you know, I'm not going to be that person. I did RT once. Maybe yeah. twice before I knew it what they were. Though, right? <laughs> I didn't know yeah, what they were. Well, I did yeah. Tom Hartman's show, and I'm like, oh, it's Tom Hartman, and yeah. and I went and did it. By the way, I, well, I'm not allowed to say it yet. I could say it next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, Tom. So, slow news day, though, right? Like, what's to talk about? I I mean, <laughs> I said to myself, I have one minute to get a guest who would be prepared. Janet Johnson. Well, <laughs> so. I mean, if you're not prepared today, you are living in like a cave with Osama bin Laden in Afghanistan. I mean, this is the easiest day to talk about. And I'm so depressed that Rachel Maddow is doing the debate. Instead yeah, because they, I mean, they should have canceled the debate. Right. I mean, we don't need a debate tonight. Um, right. Yeah. You know. Let's just move. Let's, or what I would watch 
is all of those candidates kind of live tweeting the what's going on in Congress. Like, right. You know, I don't care about your banking proposals or I don't even care about health care right now because Gordon Sondland stood up there and said, was there quid pro quo? Yes. He said okay, yes. There was a quid pro quo. And oh, and it was directed by the president of the United States. And and, and not only that, I mean, this was like he's bringing everyone down, right? He took no prisoners. And here's the list of people who knew about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have to do all that. The man said his lawyer said to him, Gordon, they're getting ready to throw you under the bus. You better drive your bus over them first. And and, and, and his lawyer's the reason, you know, people in the. Valerie Plain, you know, situation aren't in prison. I mean, you know, he's a, he knows how to do this. Yeah, right? he's one of the best there is, right? Yes. He's a good yes. lawyer and he's giving him good advice. And I found him very likable. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I did I differ with you here. I, uh, you know, to me, first of all, you're prejudiced against unfor- bald men. Let's face it. Start. No, no, he has an unfortunate smirky face. You know what? Can I tell you something? I didn't watch the hearings. I listened oh, to them on you. the radio the entire time because uh, yeah. I just wasn't at a television today. And yeah. I started off listening to them while I was running. And then I was listening to them in the car and listening. I, I listened to it all day. I, never, I watched maybe two minutes of it uh, right. later in the day. But I had been driving around all day today. So all I did was see it. And, and you know, that Wisconsin kind of voice. No, that it makes a big difference. I, you know, I was in court, and so I, I heard it a lot too. But when you watch the clips, you know, he, he and um, you know being cross-examined and the sort of the highlights, he does have a very smirky face. You yeah, know, he looks very smug and self-satisfied with himself. And then later, you know, he starts out with this very forthcoming statement. There was a little bit of self-serving. You know, a lot of self-serving. Yeah. I'm just the valent guy trying to do his right. job and help the Ukraine, and these guys were trying yeah. to step on me. I could, yeah, that's not, I mean, people are comparing him to John Dean. John Dean actually took responsibility. I mean, John Dean was a hero in a way. He was you a big I mean? hero. He was a hero, and this guy's never going to go down as a hero. He will go down as someone who did point the finger at the people who needed to be outed. Yeah. But he's no, you know, he's not like a tr- great guy no i don't think he's a great look i don't think he's a great guy at all but i did find his testimony compelling and i thought he was listening to him on the radio i'm like this guy sounds like a guy from wisconsin and people from wisconsin might listen to what he says and if i was a democrat running for for president in 2020 i and let's say donald trump somehow is on the ballot which i have said he will not be and i do not believe he is but if he is i would play sound of gordon sondland talking about donald trump in Wisconsin, on a loop, all the time. Yeah, I mean, he is a you know a billionaire Jewish guy who lives in the Northwest. In reality, you know, I mean, he's not like a salt of the earth guy. Right, right, right. Right. But right. We're not, this guy isn't. Like, but I, but he there. sounds like a guy from Wisconsin, and right, he's not making cheese, you know, on the farm. I mean, he's he paid a million dollars by, to get an ambassadorship. By right? the way, how much anti-Semitism do you think is coming down when you got Vinman and Sondland right. giving the two of the most damning testimony yeah. testimonies now? How much anti-Semitism do you expect to see from the right wing over the next couple of weeks? Well, we, I mean, Vinman, that whole dual loyalty yeah. thing is totally anti-Semitism. Yeah, to be from Ukraine and not actually be a Ukrainian. Buy, especially when you're a decorated, you know, army 
guy. I mean, this guy deserves nothing but praise from everybody. Right. You know? right. I mean, it's an incredible. But right you know, tonight, there was Laura Cooper testifying that Ukraine, I mean, in a way, this is as damning as Sondland because she testified that having refreshed her recollection, that Ukraine was aware that they weren't getting the security aid and that it was cut off by July 25th, yeah. which happens to be the same day. They knew about it. Phone call. They knew about it. Zelensky. They knew what was going on and they were concerned about it. And it was, look, I'm sorry. I'm waiting for one Republican to start stand up and say, I've had enough of this guy. I'm just, why won't any of them break? Well, I think, I mean, a couple of things. One is, I think on the ground, Republicans are saying that. I think Republican voters are saying that. I mean, you hear anecdotes of people saying, you know, enough with this already. Yeah. I'm over this guy. Yeah. But I think in Congress, until they know, and this is it's total chicken, you know what. I know. But until, right? Until they know that. Until they know it's broke. Guy, I will tell yeah. you this. I, I was pretty happy today when a uh, conservative who I happen to be very good friends with t- texted me. Nikki Haley, twenty twenty. <laughs> well, except Nikki Haley. I mean, this no, 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 no. Look, look. I get it. I get <laughs> no, no, the but, problems but, with Nikki Haley, but that's him breaking with Trump, and I like no, that. It is, but you know what I'm about to say. Nikki Haley sent confidential, not just I, emails, I but confidential emails from her private email account because she couldn't remember her password. Well, that is unacceptable. Because <laughs> if a woman does it, it's always bad. When a man well, does it, like the president, and he uses his phone or a WhatsApp or something, it's fine. Right. But if a woman does it, oh, forget I'm not it. See, you know, I'm not seeing any chance of lock her up. I'm kind of confused. I'm wondering when the uh, the ten day, you know, the the seventeen million dollar investigation of her emails is going to happen. All right, Janet. So I'm not going to put another commercial in here. Here's part two of my interview with Janet Johnson. Are you in shock? I mean, it's not like anything came out that I didn't think was true. I'm shocked that it's unfolding. I mean, today, for instance, I expected Sondland to plead the fifth because I thought there's no way he's going to, he's lied clearly previously. So how is he going to fix that without, you know, admitting he was a liar? And the way to do it is to just throw a hand grenade into the entire Republican establishment and just blow the whole thing up, which is essentially, you know, what he did. So I'm shocked, but I'm, I, I will be more shocked when people really, and I think it's happening, the majority of people think not only should he this he, happen, he should be impeached, but he should be removed from yeah. office. Yeah. I so, mean, you even yeah. have guys like Ken Starr saying on Fox today. Right. That right. the president committed the crime of bribery. Now, you might recall from the last time we talked, I was going to debate Ken Starr that night. Oh, wait. <laughs> was, How did that go? Uh, Ken Starr was a little harder to break down than Rudy Giuliani. I mean, he's actually, a little smarter. Maybe, yeah, Rudy a little Giuliani. smarter, a little bit more reserved and measured. And, you know, I, I was poking at him and he wasn't taking the bait. <laughs> it wasn't happening. Well, I'm sure it was a draw then. I'm sure it was a draw. Uh, yeah, it was without a doubt a draw because he was defending the president and I wasn't. Uh, but it was, he, I didn't get to take, you know, I had two takedowns that week and I thought, oh man, if I could take down Ken Starr, I'm going to be a superstar. (laughs) I was, I was, I was really like a shark in the water trying to kill as many, you know, fish as possible. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, I mean, I, I think anyone 
with any credibility, and I'm not saying Ken Starr's credibility because I think he has some real credibility. Huge but, credibility problem. Right, right. But anyone who you know hopes to salvage some credibility, it, which is obviously does not include Lindsey Graham, right? And the entire, you know, certainly at least uh, Stefanik, yeah. You know, has not done herself very much good this week. But if you really hope to salvage your credibility, you, you can't keep defending this. I mean, you know, one of the things I saw today, someone point out, if they're so, like, gung-ho about, like, this is corruption and we got to fight it, why didn't the Republicans, when they had control of Congress, launch Burisma hearings? You know, right. They, right. They waste, right. Right. Chris they Hayes waste. tweeted that out. And, and it's it's absolutely right. They had two years where they controlled everything. You had Devin Nunez, the chairman of that committee. Why didn't you launch an investigation, Mr. Nunez? You're out there complaining that you can't take these people in. Uh, I'm sorry. Where was it? I'll tell you why you didn't. Because six Republican senators, six of them, signed a letter, including Ron Johnson, by the way, who was impl- implicated oh. by, by, by him today. Yes. Um, yes. signed the letter calling for the removal of that same prosecutor that Joe Biden was bragging about getting removed. They wanted him removed too. That's why they're not investigating because there's nothing to investigate and they know it. Well, and it's not like they were shy about investigations. I mean, right. They, you know, Devin Nunes is, by the way, suing a fictional cow yes. from Twitter. I mean, <laughs> the guy is not like, you know, it's not like he's way too good for this kind of partisan, you know, bickering. I mean, these are people who investigated emails to the point where you couldn't even mention the word email without, you know, being subpoenaed to Congress. So, yeah, it's clearly and that was the just in, this nugget, I think, was almost as shocking as the yes, there was a quid pro quo. Yep. And I don't know if people noticed it as much, but Sondland said they no, don't be confused that he wanted an investigation into Hunter Biden. He wanted the announcement right. of an investigation. Right. He wanted a public declaration investigation he didn't care whether they actually did an investigation because he knows that the answer is going to be there's no there there right he wants her you know he wants biden to be painted by the same brush that they were able to paint hillary clinton because of all of this you know spurious accusations and then they could say look he's corrupt you know even though trump's the one who's corrupt this would cancel out trump's corruption and he could you know keep tagging biden with He's under investigation. He's corrupt. Same game plan. That's all they wanted. That's all they wanted. They wanted talking points. They wanted to call him corrupt Joe Biden. And by the way, they won't be doing any of that because he won't be running for president. I've said March 15th is the date. I'm going to hold that date. That's my over-under date on or about. He's going to announce he's not running. Or These Republicans have got to start standing up for America now. I mean, this is clear to me that this president is unfit to hold this office and he needs to be removed. Well, yes, but I, uh, unlike you, I don't think he's going to make that decision, and I don't think anyone is going to tell him to make that decision. And until, again, until they have been convinced that the cult of personality surrounding Donald right. Trump is in fact dead and not, you know, going to come back to bite them, they're still campaigning with this guy. Well, they're losing. They're, 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 it's not helping them, right? It's not it's helping. Not it didn't help them in Louisiana. It didn't help them in Kentucky. Uh, yeah. barely helped them in Mississippi, which is, you know, it's Mississippi. Stop, stop, stop. Right, right, yeah, right. Are, are you jumping up and down that you held Mississippi by three points? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, his answer to everything is they were, you know, behind by 20 before I showed up. You know, I mean, not in Mississippi. Top, <laughs> you know, well, not anywhere. I mean, right. make up a lie to justify any single it's thing. Just, but, it's just his yeah. ego needs stroking. And this is why I think he's not going to run for election because there's going to be a poll. There's going to be polls going to start coming out that show him unelectable. And but the problem is, it is the you know the emperor has no clothes. 
no one's going to tell him about those polls. They're going to invent. I'm going to uh, tell know. him on Fox News. <laughs> He'll change the it's channel. Part of the reason why I'm not on certain shows right now, because the president doesn't like hearing bad news. So no, that's that's the truth. Yeah, it is the truth. <laughs> so yeah. so he doesn't like to hear bad news. But but I am on a lot of shows he watches, including one tonight. Tucker. And I give him bad news all the time and he cries about it. He and, had to go to Walter Reed inexplicably because now they're doing his. Do you go to the doctor in like phases? No. Is that, is that how? Yeah, no. and you're not the president. I'm the not I the mean, president. If anyone's going to do it, it's like I I get my blood drawn and everything one time. I don't understand. Yeah. And it, by the way, they could do blood tests at the White House. They could have a yeah. doctor come you in think and they make him schlep to Walter Reed to do to do blood work. You know what I, I mean? think? I think he had a panic attack. Panic attack. That's what I think. Mm. I think he had a panic attack. I feel bad for him. You know. You so. don't feel bad. For I him. feel bad for him as a person. I don't feel bad for him as a politician. You know, because he took that, he took that, you know, Hillary Clinton getting the flu at the 9-11 ceremony and, and made it into a whole thing. Meanwhile, this guy's sneaking off to Walter Reed in the middle of the night. You know, I think America has a right to know. They want to talk about transparency in the Ukraine. How about oh, the president is, president telling us the truth about why he went to Walter Reed? How about his taxes? We don't have transparency at home. How, why would we have transparency in another country? It's amazing. I mean, he's going to the Supreme Court. To stop us from seeing his taxes. All right, in the thirty in the thirty seconds I have left with you, what was your moment of the week? Personally or professionally or Trumpley, <laughs> um, I think some. I mean, you know, it's got to be someone saying, "Was there quid pro quo?" Yes. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. They spent the entire time saying. But there was no quid pro quo. There, there was, was no absolutely quid a quid pro quo. It was bribery. It was extortion. Janet Johnson, my all-time favorite guest, there for me in a pinch. You know I owe you big time now. Uh, and you could well, catch... The lesson is pick me first. I always wow. pick you first. <laughs> you were just on, though, two weeks ago. <laughs> I, uh, you've been on this show more than any other guest I have. I'm kidding. The Chris and Janet show. Someday, 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 <laughs> someday. All right, Janet Johnson, catch her on CNN this Saturday morning at what, 8 a.m.? Not this Saturday. I'm, I'm taking off a week. Good. Uh, Take a week off. December 7th. You deserve it. All right, that's Janet Johnson. The new clock on the radio show, messing with my interviews. We'll figure that out at some point. Hope that edit wasn't too rough for you. I'll be right back. All right, I'm back to wrap it up. So I guess we're going to get the articles of impeachment started next week, right after Thanksgiving. So um, here's my advice to you, America, as you head home for the holidays. Maybe you're listening to me as you drive home. I don't know if this podcast has been great or not this week, but let me give you this piece of advice. And it's advice I'm going to try to take myself when I sit down for Thanksgiving dinner with my family who uh, don't all share my political views. In fact, most of them don't. I am going to try my best not to talk politics. And I think we should all maybe take a couple of days off from politics. I'd take the entire week off from politics if I wasn't doing TV on uh, Wednesday night. Um, take the... Take, as much time away from politics as you can. Let this podcast be your farewell from politics until, I don't know, Sunday night. Maybe you watch 60 Minutes or something and ease yourself back into the politics that has been ever consuming this country. I know the president's going to make it hard. 
I know that Donald Trump's going to make it hard for us to forget about him during this holiday weekend. That's the way he is. He wants us to be thinking about him all the time. But I encourage you all to tune him out. Do something else. Listen to another podcast type thing. Listen to um, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. It's a very funny podcast and it's completely apolitical. Um, you know, listen to music. Go for a walk. Go shopping. Don't think about politics. Think about things that bring us together. Think about things you're thankful for. Think about things you love. Try to um, enjoy your family and your friends and your pets and your time off if you've got it. Hopefully you've got some time off this weekend and uh, you could take it and enjoy it. And if you don't have time off and you've got to go to work, um, you know, just, just be thankful that you have a job or, or that you have a career uh, and, and that you have a roof over your head. Be thankful for things you have and try not to think about this man. Put him out of your mind for the weekend. You know, uh, go shopping, watch It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, just enjoy your family and your friends. And that's my advice to you, America. Just enjoy your holiday weekend. Thanksgiving's one of those holidays that no matter what you are, um, whether you are a Democrat or a Republican, if you're religious or not religious, Christian, Jew, Muslim, whatever you are, if you're an American, you enjoy this holiday. It's a time off. It's a well-needed break. If you're an atheist, this is still a holiday you enjoy. We all love eating. I know I do. Um, it's it's uh, it's a great uh, it's a great time for us to just reset and. Um, and step away from it just for a couple days. It'll be there. Trust me when I say it'll be there on Monday. So um, with that, I'm going to end the pod today. And thank you all. I am so thankful for my audience. I am so thankful for you spreading the word about this podcast. I'm so thankful for all of the great emails I've been getting from so many of you over the last uh, couple of months. I really do appreciate this. And I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And uh I wish you well. Happy Thanksgiving, America. And I got to remind you, as always, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything. But look, you don't have to question your uncle on Thanksgiving. Just just let it go if he brings it up. Walk away. Seek the truth, America. I know it's out there. And I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.